Welcome to Meaningful Words About and By Meaningful People. I'm Dominique Marsalek, and tonight we'll be discussing meaningful love letters. We'll be discussing Frida Kahlo's passionate love letters to Diego Rivera and Eleanor Roosevelt's love letters to Lorena Hickok. Mexican painter Frida Kahlo, born July 6, 1907 and dying July 13, 1954, is among the most remarkable figures of contemporary culture. At a young age, she contracted polio, which left her right leg underdeveloped, an imperfection she later come to disguise with colorful skirts. A decade later, as one of the only 35 female students at Mexico's prestigious preparatory school, she was in a serious traffic accident, resulting in body fractures and internal lesions inflicted by an iron rod that pierced her stomach. It took her three months in full body cast to recover. And though she eventually willed her way to walking again, she spent the rest of her life battling frequent relapses of extreme pain and enduring frequent hospital visits, including more than 30 operations. As a way of occupying herself while bedridden, Callow made her first strides in painting, then went on to become one of the most influential painters in modern art. Two years after the accident, in 1927, she met the painter Diego Rivera, whose work she had come to admire and who became her mentor. In 1929, Frida and Diego were wedded in one of art histories most notoriously tumultuous marriages commenced. Both had multiple affairs, the most notable of which for bisexual callow were with French singer, dancer, and actress, the one and only Josephine Baker and Russian Marxist theorist Leon Trotsky. And yet her bond with Diego was one of the most transcendental passions and loves. Kahlo's love letters to Rivera can be found in the diary of Frida Kahlo, an intimate self-portrait. The letters span 27 years of relationship and bespeak the profound and abiding connection the two shared. They brim with emotion, with fully inhabited love 
elation, anguish, devotion, desire, longing, joy. In their breathless intensity, they soar. Quote, Diego, truth is so great that I wouldn't like to speak or sleep or listen or love. To feel myself trapped with no fear of blood outside time and magic within your own fear and your great anguish and within the very beating of your heart. All this madness, if I asked it of you, I know in your silence there would be only confusion. I ask you for violence in the nonsense and you, you give me grace, your light and your warmth. I'd like to paint you, but there are no colors because there are so many in my confusion, the tangible form of my great love. F. Quote, Diego, nothing compares to your hands. Nothing like the green gold of your eyes. My body is filled with you for days and days. You are the mirror of the night, the violent flash of lightning, the dampness of the earth. The hollow of your armpits is my shelter. My fingers touch your blood. All my joy is to feel life spring from your flower fountain that mine keeps to fill all the paths of my nerves, which are yours. Quote, Diego, she who wears the color, he who sees the color, since the year 1922 until always and forever now in 1944 after all the hours lived through the vectors continue in their original direction nothing stops them with no more knowledge than live emotion with no other wish than to go on until they meet slowly with great unease with the certainty that all is guided by the golden section. There is cellular arrangement, there is movement, there is light. All centers are the same. Folly doesn't exist. We are the same as we were and as we will be, not counting on idiotic destiny. Quote, 
Diego, mirror of the night. Your eyes shine green swords inside my flesh, waves between our hands. All of you in a space full of sound, in the shade and in the light. You are all the combinations of numbers, life, my wish is to understand lines, form, shades, movement. You fulfill and I receive. Your world travels the entirety of space and reaches my cells, which are my stars, then goes to yours, which are my light. It was the thirst of many years, restrained in our body, chained words which we could not say except on the lips of dreams. Everything was surrounded by the green miracle of the landscape of your body. Upon your form, the lashes of the flowers responded to my touch, the murmur of streams. There was all manner of fruits in the juice of your lips, the blood of the pomegranate, the horizon of the maymay, and the purified pineapple. I pressed you against my breast and the prodigy of your form penetrated all my blood through the tips of my fingers. Smell of oak essence, memories of walnut, green, breath of ash tree, horizon and landscapes equal, I trace them with a kiss, oblivion of words will form the exact language for understanding the glances of her closed eyes, you are here, intangible, and you are all the universe which I shape into the space of my room. Your absence springs trembling in the ticking of the clock, in the pulse of light. You breathe through the mirror. From you to my hands, I caress your entire body, and I am with you for a minute, and I am with myself for a moment, and my blood is the miracle which runs in the vessels of the air from my heart to yours. The green miracle of the landscape of my body becomes in your the whole of nature. I fly through it to caress the rounded hills with my fingertips. My hands sink into the shadowy valleys in an urge to possess and I am enveloped in the embrace of gentle branches, green and cool. I penetrate the sex of the whole earth. Her heat chars me and my entire body is rubbed by the freshness of the tender leaves. Their dew is the sweat of an ever new lover. It's not love nor tenderness, nor affection. It's life itself, my life. 
that I found what I sought in your hands, in your mouth, and in your breasts. I have the taste of almonds from your lips in my mouth. Our worlds have never gone outside. Only one mountain can know the core of another mountain. Your presence floats for a moment or two, as if wrapping my whole being in an anxious wait for the morning. I notice that I'm with you at that instant still full of sensations. My hands are sunken oranges and my body feels surrounded by your arms. For my Diego. The silent life giver of worlds. What is most important is the non-illusion. Morning breaks, the friendly reds, the big blues, hands full of leaves. Noisy birds, fingers in the hair, pigeons' nests, a rare understanding human struggle, simplicity of the senseless song, the folly of the wind in my heart. Don't let them rhyme, girl, sweet chocolate of ancient Mexico, storm in the blood that comes in through the mouth, convulsion, omen, laughter, and sheer teeth needles of pearl. For some gift on a 7th July, I ask for it, I get it. I sing, sang, I'll sing from now on our magic, love. And now we transition to Eleanor Roosevelt's love letters to Lorena Hickok. Eleanor Roosevelt, born October 11, 1884, and dying November 7, 1962. Endures as the longest-serving American First Lady between 1933 and 1945. She is also remembered as one of history's most politically impactful, an advocate for change and a fierce champion of working women and underprivileged youth. Her personal life has been the subject of controversy. In the summer of 1928, Roosevelt met journalist Lorena Hickok whom she would come to call Hick. Thus began a 30-year relationship that has remained the subject of much speculation from the evening of FDR's inauguration when the First Lady was seen wearing a sapphire ring Hickok had given her to the opening of her private correspondence 
1998. Though many of the most explicit letters had been burned, the 300 published in the book Empty Without You, The Intimate Letters of Eleanor Roosevelt and Lorena Hickok are revealing and more suggestive than those of great female platonic friendships, strongly indicating that a relationship between Roosevelt and Hickok had been one of great, enduring, romantic intensity. On March 5th, 1933, on the evening of FDR's inauguration, Roosevelt wrote Hick. Quote, Hick, my dearest, I cannot go to bed tonight without a word to you. I felt a little as though a part of me was leaving tonight. You have grown so much to be a part of my life that it is empty without you. Then the following day, quote, Hick, darling, how good it was to hear your voice. It was so inadequate to try and tell you what it meant funny was that I couldn't say je t'aime and je t'adore as I long to do, but always remember that I am saying it and that I go to sleep thinking of you. And the night after, Hick darling, all day I've thought of you and another birthday I will be with you and yet tonight you sounded so far away and formal. I want to put my arms around you. I ache to hold you close. Your ring is a great comfort. I look at it and think, she does love me or I wouldn't be wearing it. And yet in another letter, quote, I wish I could lie down beside you tonight and take you in my arms. Hick herself responded with equal intensity in a letter dated December 1933. Hick wrote, I've been trying to bring back your face to remember just how you look Funny how even the dearest face will fade away in time. Most clearly, I remember your eyes with a kind of teasing smile and the feeling of that soft spot just northeast of the corner of your mouth against my lips.
Wherever on the spectrum of the platonic and romantic, the letters in Empty Without You may fall. They are a beautiful record of a tender, steadfast, deeply loving relationship between two women who meant the world to one another.